This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. This is Steve Goyomi, Editorial Director for Knowledge at Wharton. And today we're speaking with Wharton Management Professor Valentina Esenva, who has a new paper out titled Institutional Change and Early Stage Startup Selection, Evidence from Applicants to Venture Accelerators. Valentina, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, well, let's just jump right into the question or observation that led you to undertake this research. Like what what, what sort of drove the, the, uh, the thought here? Well, there's comparatively little research that has looked at how um, various types of environmental changes and institutional reforms affect early stage startup selection. So the central question that I examine in this study is, how do institutional reforms affect early stage startup selection, particularly into venture accelerators? So why does this matter? And what do we mean by institutional reforms? The first part of that, of why does it matter, is that early stage startup selection is a process that we don't really understand very well, both as scholars and as practitioners, in the sense that most of the data that we have out there in entrepreneurship is highly prone to survivorship bias. We're just seeing the firms that really, really made it. And those are the outliers, right? The majority of the modal firm and the modal outcome is actually failure. And moreover, we rarely get a glimpse into those early stages of startup development. And yet there are many reasons why those stages really matter and and affect selection that ultimately determines the pipeline of startups that receive funding and resources to grow and develop. So the second part of that is, what do I mean by institutional changes or institutional reforms? And by that, I mean regulatory and policy changes that affect the overall startup environment, the overall startup conditions in which entrepreneurs create and develop new firms. So, well, generally speaking, what kinds of um, regulations and policies affect the ability of entrepreneurs to start new companies? Well, there are a number of different uh, types of regulations and policies, and of course, um, some of those will affect certain types of industries more so than others. But the ones that I look at from a comparative and international perspective in the study are reforms that affect the ease of uh, starting and forming new firms, the ease of growing those firms by obtaining capital, and the ease of liquidating or failing uh, and sort of what happens in the, in the aftermath of failure for many entrepreneurs. And these are the regulations that um, basically have to do with things like minimum paid in capital requirements that are prevalent in many countries, a number of different processes and government regulations that you have to go through just to be able to, to incorporate a new company and be able to start up formal operations, as well as everything that goes along with bankruptcy and litigation, sort of liquidation procedures to reorganize, uh, restructure a company upon failure. So those are the types of, of regulations that I look at. And so all those kinds of regulations and policies could kind of stop a startup dead in its tracks, right? <laughs> if they can't get over any of those hurdles. Uh, I guess what you're saying is when we look at the startups that are out there, we only see the successes who have gotten past these things. Um, so, so your study looks specifically at startup selection by venture accelerators. And, and what do um, venture accelerators do? Uh, if you could explain that for those listeners who might not be familiar. And also, why did you choose to focus specifically on those? Yeah, sure. So venture accelerators are a type of organizational sponsor of early stage companies, of startups. 
And um, other types of sponsors include um, startup incubators, boot camps, angel investors, and venture capitalists. And the reason for looking at venture accelerators is that they play a crucial role in startup selection at some of the earliest stages of new company formation. So accelerators uh, typically have the goal of uh, providing resources and helping entrepreneurs learn and expedite the time to failure or success. And so what they're really designed to do is to help with that exploratory process of developing a new product or taking a new technology to market, thinking about commercializing it. And these sponsors play a vital role in supporting not only high growth entrepreneurship, uh, for example, the majority of my sample, over 61% of those companies are based on new technologies, uh, but they also, in, in fact, they select and they develop promising startups within their local ecosystems. So of the many applicants, of the many prospective ideas and companies out there, these sponsors look through uh, the, the startup teams, they look through the ideas, they actually turn down over 90% of applicants and they're crucial gatekeepers for that first stage of selection uh, once uh, an idea is started that subsequently will continue to a further weeding down or further narrowing down of that startup pipeline to um, further down the line, venture capital funding um, and scaling. Well, well, so just to give an overview to listeners in terms of the research itself, so how did you go about studying this and what would you say your main findings were? Yeah, so I, uh, I obtained data through this research collaboration that um, is, was actually undertaken by the Aspen Network for Development Entrepreneurs. And this, this research collaboration with Emory University has basically been collecting a ton of data um, on over 13,770 applicants to early stage venture accelerators. And these are applicants, in my case, that I study in over 170 countries that uh, we have the full applicant pools for, uh, for, for accelerators in these countries. We, we can see uh, which of these applicants were turned down. Um, and in my study, I also look at how did the laws and the regulations, these policy reforms in many of these countries influence which startups were ultimately selected and influence the composition, the size, the quality of the applicant pool of, of basically startups that were applying for these resources from these venture accelerators. That's a huge amount of data uh, that you looked at. So, so what would you say sort of the main findings were and, and maybe some of the implications for, um, for governments and for venture accelerators and others? Yeah, well, so the findings were... Uh, were, I think, aligned with some of our intuition about selection, but they were really interesting. So I looked at how these uh, reforms in, in various countries um, affected the size of the applicant pool was one of the first things I looked at. And there, what I found was that uh, institutional changes resulted in overall many more applicants per program, per accelerator, um, on average by between 128 and 136 applicants or roughly 17 times uh, the, the number of new applicants per open spot in the average size cohort. So what this means is that these institutional changes are creating more favorable conditions for, for starting new firms, for obtaining capital, for growing those firms, and ultimately also reducing the downsides, the risk of, of failure through the recovery from bankruptcy uh, resulted in actually a surge in the number of new companies 
that we're looking for these kinds of resources, partnering with venture accelerators. And what's more is that the perceptions among entrepreneurs, among these applicants, of the value of partnering with uh, venture accelerators uh, increased dramatically. So they saw a lot more value in partnering with these organizations for networking, for um, developing their new knowledge, for obtaining uh, additional capital from other sources. And so there was this overall enthusiasm for, uh, for pursuing venture acceleration as an option. However, there was also a downside to all of these dynamics. So even though there was a surge in new applicants, there was an increase in the quality of the applicants, uh, many more of those applicants were now being turned down. So the selection became much more competitive. And on average, an applicant's probability of being selected uh, decreased by between 5 and 7% for countries that implemented only one of these reforms. And for those that had multiple reforms, it decreased by about 10%. It wasn't all bad news, of course, uh, for many entrepreneurs. They would, would be thinking, you know, on the one hand, these conditions are improving and now I have better prospects of actually growing a company that's uh, likely going to get funded. But then the probability of getting these resources is becomes uh, much lower because of the competitive pressures. Although the, the silver lining to that, of course, is on the flip side of that matching process, which is for the accelerators themselves and for the accelerator managers. What this means is that the, the more competitive the selection the higher the quality of the cohorts that they are ultimately cherry picking to, to, to select and to fund and develop. And so what we're then seeing is that most of those selected cohorts were actually higher quality startups. They had more patents in terms of traction. They had um, more employees. They had uh, greater revenue generation prospects. Um, they had planned larger equity raises in the future. So all of those great indicators that would tell us these are higher quality companies. Well, looking at the map of uh, the countries that you covered, I mean, they go from developing economies through developed, more developed economies to developed economies like, you know, Canada and Australia. I mean, did you find the same kinds of hurdles existing in all these different markets across the board or were there different considerations in different kinds of markets? Yeah, there are definitely different considerations in across these these economies because some startup environments are very favorable for just getting a company going. So, for example, Canada is fairly similar in the U.S. when it comes to uh, barriers to entry. So there are very few barriers to entry. It's relatively easy in the U.S. It takes about a couple of days to create a new company to incorporate. Um, however, one of the reforms that I looked at in Canada was uh, the exit barrier. So what was happening with bankruptcy laws and changes. Um, similarly, Australia is another example of a sort of high income economy uh, where it's fairly easy to create a new firm. But on the back end, if things don't go well, how easy is it for somebody to recover the value of their initial investment? So um, so I, I had some um some instances there as well of, of reforms that actually improved the bankruptcy process and resulted in a surge of new applicants to venture accelerators. But of course, some of the other economies, and I would say the modal economy in the sample, as well as in the world, would probably be a lower middle income economy. Um, and some examples of that would be uh, countries in sort of, uh, South America, some of the countries in Sub-Saharan Africa uh, or Eastern Europe. Um, and then, of course, I had India and China in there as well. And India has been one of the countries 
in the sample that has been very proactive about improving the conditions for early stage startups. So they have consistently over the observation period that I look at in my study, um, taken a lot of efforts to reduce regulations that are impeding the entry, the growth and the exit of these new firms. Great. So, so, so what additional questions does your study raise that you think uh, you could explore next? Well, there are a couple of important questions that it raises. The first is, what is the magnitude of these selection pressures that's influencing the outcomes that we observe for many firms? So a lot of the learning that we've done in entrepreneurship has been based on success cases. And of course, we know that that's not the modal case. Um, so it, I think it would be really interesting to look at beyond accelerators, how do these types of reforms influence um, selection at later stages. So for venture um, for venture capitalists, for example, in the United States, maybe angel investors down the line. Um, there's also an important uh, an important direction here for future studies is to look at the difference between these reforms and then their implementation on a more subnational level. So there's a lot of variation obviously between the laws that get enacted, uh, the laws that get adopted, and then how they're enacted locally. And so differences between, for example, Silicon Valley and Philadelphia right, could be very large. And so some looking at those subnational differences and how they influence the regional ecosystem development and early stage pipeline of startups is a really important direction for future studies. Well, Valentina, thanks so much for talking with us about your research today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And if you like what you heard, you can listen to more Knowledge of Wharton podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. And if you'd like to read more about Valentina's research, you can find us at knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thanks for listening. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.